I was at my mother's house, and I was going to stay all night down there. I'd been trained for the sick, and I got in late, and so I just stopped off at mother. And I was talking to her, and we went to bed. And a little while, I got up, and I just couldn't rest. Did you ever have those restless nights? Be careful if you're a Christian. That might be God dealing with these things. So I, I got up and was walking around, and I kind of got a bird, and I thought, well, maybe somebody's sick somewhere, and they want me to pray for them. I got down and I couldn't pray through and just went on for a while and after a while I looked across the room and did any women ever wash and bring your washing like that and pile it down in a chair? That's my mother and that arm barefooted. <laughs> and she knew I said that she'd come to over and check it over again. <laughs> but I've seen the poor old thing many times stand there standing with her arm, you know, barefooted arm. And she, I thought she'd laid her clothes in a chair in the corner in the bedroom there and it looked like something white. It began coming closer to me. I looked at it, and it wasn't a chair. It was something moving, white. And I seemed like I went into it, or it came into me. And in a few moments, I was walking down to a wilderness country, and I could hear a lamb blazing, going, Dad, Dad. You ever hear a little lamb cry? It's the most pitiful thing in the world. And it was uh, blazing. I said, That poor little thing. I'm going to see if I can find it. And I started. Uh, pulling through the breast and stuff. And as I got closer to it, it wasn't a lamb. It was a human. It was calling, saying, Mill Town. Mill Town. Well, I never heard of the place in my life. So when I came to myself, I went to church the following Wednesday night, and I said to some of them, Anybody know where Mill Town is? No one knew. So then the Sunday night I announced it. Does anyone know where Mill Town is? And a brother by the name of George Ride, I guess many of you go around the tabernacle knowing, and he said, yes, Brother Branham, about 35 miles down the southern here, said, I live close to it. I said, I will be down next Saturday. God wants me to go to Milltown. There's somebody down there in trouble. He said, small city, about 500 people, a thousand down on the southern there. Said, I said, well, I'll be down. We went down, and I remember I went to that grocery store where the street corner turned. I thought, I wonder what the Lord wants of me. I went in and bought a box and come out there and I thought I'd preach right here on the corner. Well, I got up on the box and <laughs> I, I couldn't think there was a preacher back. And all the folks there in the country, you know, come in on Saturday, do their shopping. Brother Wright said, I'm going up on the hill to do a little trading. Brother Brown got to take some eggs up there to your man. Said, you want to ride up this in? I said, yes. And as I went up, there's a big white church standing up on the hill. I said, hey, look, is that a lovely church? He said, yes, it's a pity about that church. Said that's a Baptist church, and the pastor there got in some trouble, and <clears throat> said the church went down, and never had a pastor there since. Said the city taking it over, congregation all left, went to other churches, and I felt the spirit of God tell me stop. I went over there, and the door was locked, and I said, "You go ahead, brother Ryan." And I, you picked me up after a while, and after he got gone, I knelt down there and I prayed. I said, "Lord, if you want me in this church, unlock these doors for me." And so while I was praying, I got up and I heard somebody coming. There's a man walking around. He said, hello? And I said, how do you do? He said, I seen you were praying. I said, yes, sir. I'm, I just, I'm a preacher and I just was praying here on the steps. He said, you want to go in? I said, yes, sir. He said, I got the key. I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I said, thank you, Lord. Are you believing that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's real. And he opened the door for me. And I went in there to see about three, four hundred people. And I walked up to the place and I bowed my head and prayed. I said, who owns it? But all the cities said, we just, I just take care of it here. Said, the only thing we had in the funeral and so forth. 
I said, what if I could have a revival here? I said, she's a city official. And I went down and asked him, he said, sure, if you'll put a meter in it. I said, well, I work for a utility company. I'll put my own meter in. He said, all right. I put the meter in and announced around there that I was going to have a revival. I never will forget the first man I asked. I said, go to have a revival, sir. Will you come? He said, say, we raise chickens around here. We ain't got time to go to the church. I said, well, couldn't you just let the chickens alone for a little while? <laughs> come to the meeting? He said, oh, we ain't got time for nothing like that. But I've got my business to take care of. Can you take care of your own? I said, it ain't hurt your feelings, sir. About 10 days from then, you know, they had to take out time to bury the man died. And so they buried him right down there in front of the church. We started the revival, and oh, I went out and prayed in the woods, and I thought the Lord gave me a great message, and I was just burning up my heart to deliver it. I said, oh, we'll probably have a big crowd there tonight. Maybe the Lord wants me to hold a revival. So I got down there, you know who was there? George Wright, his wife, and his son and daughter. And I had four in the congregation. I preached the message the Lord gave me just the same. And then the next night, there was an odd-looking fellow walked up to the outside, and he was a, they told me he was a backslidden Nazarene. Once belonged to Nazarene church and a backslidden. Had his corn cob tight in his mouth and he knocked it out on the side of the building. Hair hanging down his face and tooth out on the side. Looked in and said, where is that little Billy Sunday we're talking about in here? <laughs> like that. Mr. Wright went back and got him and set him down. I was up there reading the Bible behind the pulpit. Brother Wright came up and said, the hardest ball of the fellow that is in the country just walked in and said, Oh, he's a rich order. He said, His name is William Hall. He runs the floor stepping on the hill. I said, Maybe that's one of the Lord's answer. So I got to preaching. Brother Wright went back to him and said, You want to move up front? He said, I'll take care of things back here. You go on up front. And as the meeting came on, when the service closed, Mr. Hall was kneeling on the radio, afraid to God. He's my associate pastor down there now. And still, for a few nights, there was some healing taking place. And then that started the crowd. We had to hang the PA systems out in the trees. But it seemed like, yes, it wasn't all. So there's a young lady that belongs to a certain church there that I won't call on and they don't believe in any spirit. Just the letter we speak for the word speaks to the silent, her silent. And they'd made a proclamation there that anybody that went to that meeting would be given their church letter and sent home. Her daddy was a deacon in the church. And so she got a hold of one of my little books. And this lady, girl, she's about 25 years old now. Her name is Miss Georgie Carter. She'd been laying nine years and eight months that she'd never raised her head off the bed, TV. And they couldn't even put a bedpan under her. They kept a rubber sheet and had a draw sheet. I guess you know her better than I. Had to pull the draw sheet like that. She'd never seen the outside world, nowhere out, even the windows, for nine years and eight months. And somebody comes home and said, you can't go pray for us, but she's crying for you. And just as soon as they said, that seemed like that was the one I was to go see. Well, her mother, her dad wouldn't let me come, so no, we won't let that deceiver come. And then after I got ready to leave the revival, her daddy said, well, he'd leave the house. And her mother said, he'd, she'd leave and to satisfy the girl. So I think she must have got permission from the preacher just to let me come down there. So I went in to see her, and the poor little thing had my little book laying there. And on the back of the bed, before she could got past putting her hands back, the paint was all rubbed off the bed where she held and cried and prayed for deliverance, but her church didn't believe in divine healing. And she got this book, and she'd seen in the paper where another girl had been healed, or been sent in a vision, and she wanted to be healed. So the poor little thing had just cried, so and I went in, she said, Brother, Bram, I just believed that you would come. Jesus would let me get well. 
And I said, Will you stir it? He said, Shut all my heart. And her little old arm, she couldn't raise her pseudomon cup. That she started to go, uh, uh, uh. And then they had to hold it up. She go, uh, uh. just sit in it like that. And that's the condition she was in. I knelt and had prayer for and went out of the room. About two weeks from then, I was back again to start another meeting. We had a three, four nights meeting, and there's another minister up there who didn't believe in immersion. And I was going to baptize a bunch down there in the river, and he had had a revival in a tent. He said, if anybody in one of my congregation even walk in that church for that crazy divine healer, that I would, I'd absolutely take out of the church. And he said, the very idea. He said, that guy drowns you in water, you know. He said, well, I went up there to have a baptismal service that afternoon, and little George, I told her, I said, now, now, sister, I can pray for you. That's all I know. She said, well, can you do for me like you did for that nail girl? I said, no, that was a vision, honey. I had to see the vision first. I said, if he ever sends me back, I'll come back. But I think you're going to get well. Encouraging her faith. And so the last day of the service, I went over to baptize the cotton cord. Many of you people around Cardin know where that's at. And so I went over there to baptize. And here this minister had closed his service. And all the congregation standing on the bank. I walked out there in the river, you know. Oh, my, that glorious feeling. The water splashing around everywhere, and I was baptized about 50 people that afternoon. And while I was standing there, it just seemed like an angel was sitting on every branch of the tree. And I was standing there, started to pray like that. And I said, as God sent John to baptize, I said, he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. These signs shall follow them that believe. And about that time, the Holy Spirit swept down across that bank. And the entire congregation, that minister, walked out of the river screaming with their big clothes on, and I baptized the Lord on that That's true. Women screaming with silk dresses on, young ladies and mothers and dads, and the bring their kids and everything. I baptized it was almost dark. They had to pull me out of the water. And so I was to have a meeting down at the Baptist church that night. I went up with Brother Wright and them to eat supper. And Mother Wright, she's a real cook way back up in the country where they live. And I said, I don't want supper right now. I said, I'll go over here to pray. The Lord wants me to pray. There's something leaning heavy on my heart. So then he said, well, when I ring the dinner bell, you come, Brother Branham. said, oh, we're going to have to hurry. I said, all right. And I went over there and I knelt down. Did you ever feel like, you know, the bars stuck in, the floor was too hard? Did you ever have that? That's the time to press on. That's the devil trying to keep you from it. Move right on. As long as you're doing right, you can't be doing wrong, see? You can't go this way when you're going this way. And I know it's right to pray, and I just kept on praying. This the wind blew, and the sticker hit me in the face, and I just said, Thank you, Lord. He kept on praying. And after a while, I got lost in the Spirit. Did you ever get lost in the Spirit? Excuse me for talking fast, like a bush on fire, but I'm trying to hurry up. But I just got lost in the Spirit. I didn't hardly know where I was at. I heard that bell ring, but I was having too good a time with God then to think about supper. And the bell rang and rang. I know it's getting dark, and I was just praying. I said, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And just then it kind of quieted down. I thought I'd get up and go on over then. Maybe it's the first bunch would be away from the table. And I said, thank you, Lord. And I was going to open my eyes, shining right down to a little dogwood bush there. Was a light, kind of an amber, green, yellowish light shining right down on me, and a voice spoke like a great, deep voice way back there in the woods and said, Go by the way of Carter. That was enough. That had it. I jumped up and started screaming. I run down to head church parties looking for me out in the woods. I jumped over the fence and down there in the field and jumped out right into Brother Wright's arms. 
He said, Brother Billy, he said, Mama's been waiting to supper on you for an hour. He said, They're out everywhere over the hill, you're hunting for you. I said, Well, Brother Wright, I'm not going to eat supper. I said, Georgie Carter's going to be healed completely in the next few minutes. He's about eight miles away. He said, What? I said, Yes, sir. Thus saith the Lord. He said, You need to go to get up. I said, She's going to be normal and well in the next few minutes. He said, I can get there. He said, can I go with you? I said, yes, sir. And there's a man there from Texas who just brought his wife up and she was healed. He said, Brother Brandon, can I go with you? She'd seen the nail girl healed a few weeks before that. I said, yes, sir. He said, you mean that little pile of bones? I said, she's going to be healed just in a few minutes. We jumped in the car and went out. Now, God works on both ends of the line. Don't you believe that? When we was having a prayer meeting down at John Mark's house, Peter in the prison, the angel the Lord was there. You know what I mean. And then this woman... The mother of this father, I want you all to write to her if you want to. She was very critical, but she, the little Georgie cried. She promised God if she could get healed that afternoon, she'd go down and be baptized. So, and she had to raise off that bed. Now, her head up for nine years and eight months. And then she was laying there crying, and her mother got so worked up. Her mother sat there, a fairly young woman, went gray-headed and took the palsy, just sitting there for that day at all times, day and night, just what little sleep she could get. All right. Her mother went in the kitchen, she knelt down, she said, Oh dear God, didn't hear me, I've just been taught wrong. She said, Oh dear God, said, have mercy on my poor little girl in there. Poor little thing laying there just a few days from death. And she's laying there, and that imposter comes to this country here, claiming to be something, and said, and he's got my child all tore up, said, God have mercy. Started praying like that. I hear her testimony. I don't know this, this is her words. She said she raised her head up like that. And was wiping the tears from her eyes. Her daughter lived next door. We was to people. And the sun was setting in the west and was shining in like this against the wall. She said she'd seen a shadow coming down the wall and she thought it was her daughter coming around the house. But when he got right up to her, she said it was the Lord Jesus Christ. Said he walked right up close like that. He said, Who is this? And said so he looked and she could see me with this high forehead and this Bible laying on my heart, coming walking into the house. And she said, Oh, mercy, I, I, I went to, I'm asleep. She never seen a vision. She said, I'm, I'm asleep. And she ran and told Georgie, said, Georgie, I was out there a few minutes ago praying, and it looked like I seen a farm on the wall, look like Jesus. And I see that uh, Brother Branham come and said, with a two men following him, he had a Bible over his heart. And about that time, the door closed outside, and there come me and the two men. I tell you, oh, my, I feel good. Well, you never know how to feel so you know just where you're standing. Then all devils out of hell can stop it. There's nothing to do. You know where you're at then. And walked up to the porch. I never, it seemed to me like that I felt myself come out of my body and see my body open that door and go in. And there's that little girl was laying there and her mother just keeled over on the floor and fainted. And I walked up to the bed where she's at. I said, Sister Georgie. Even the Lord Jesus, who you love and trusted all this time, has met me in the woods and said that I must come and you would be made well. Therefore, in obedience to the commission that was just given me some few moments ago in the woods, I take you by the hand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand to your feet and be made well. And that poor little girl weighing not over 36 or 37 pounds, just a bunch of bones, why, she couldn't have stood if she had to. Not only stood, but she jumped to her feet, screaming to the top of her voice. And there the people begin to scream perfectly normal and well. And her mother fainted, her sister come running next, and she didn't know what to do. She began screaming, her hair running down the road, pulling her hair like that. Well, something's happened. Her father was coming across from his barn with some milk, 
in, in a little container like this, and he heard the piano playing, and he ran to the house to find what it was, and there was his daughter that had never moved from that bed for nine years and eight months, sitting at the piano playing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's the precious talent. Oh, a healing stream that flows from Calvary's fountain, perfectly normal and well. My, here come the Marine the Baptist preacher and all of them coming in there, and she run into the yard. She blessed the leaves. She blessed the grass. She was so happy. Brother, sister, that's been about six years ago. Tonight, Georgie Carter's playing the piano at the Milltown Baptist Church, where I'm still the pastor. Write to her, Miss Georgie, G-E-R-G-I-E-C-A-R-T-E-R, Milltown, Indiana. Get her own personal testimony. That same Jesus Christ that healed Georgie that night is right here tonight to do the same thing for every individual. That's standing in the divine blood. Do you believe that? Our Heavenly Father, may thy presence come near. Oh, God, may it anoint every person that's in this divine presence now. May the power of God saturate this little waiting group here, men and women sitting there in perspiration running off their face. They're faithful, Lord. Now I ask you, God, knowing that you have to be sovereign to your word. You can only heal us as we believe. But if it's possible, Lord, may the angels of God set it ever roll. Visit up and down here tonight, around on this platform, down to this audience, and may every person receive a divine touch from him who I testify of. God grant tonight that this will be the greatest night that we've ever seen in all the days of our life. May the power of God enshroud this building, and may these people who are faithfully waiting, panting with the fans, may the Spirit of God move up on every one of them and heal every person in the building tonight. Grant it, eternal God, through the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you do this for me, audience? Would you be waiting, watching, and the first touch of the Holy Spirit that touches you and answered prayer just a few moments ago, would you rise to your feet and give God glory? While the things are going on here, God is moving in the Spirit to His people. When God does something for somebody, then you stand and accept your healing also. I tell you, if you'll do that, there'll be a wave of glory hit this building. And when the Holy Spirit falls in that, that's when the water is troubled. Step right in and get yours at that time. I won't be able to minister to every one of you, but the Holy Spirit can touch every one of you at the same time. Don't you believe it? Then walk out of this building, commit and get to God, testify of it, believe it with all your heart, hold on to it. Watch what happens. God will answer. Amen. You believe that? Alright, start right from this line up the line. He, he give X from 51. Get started right here. 51, 52, 53, 54, 55. Just as many as you can crowd in there again. Very good up to about... Oh, you can get, can you get more than 10 in there? Alright, try the first 10 and then maybe we can get some more after that. 51 to 60. X6, 51 to 60. And then as soon as that crowd gets down, as soon as they level down, if there's more room, step right up. It starts 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, up to 70. That crowd gets down, start right on to 80, like that. And then when that gets, by that time, every one of you ought to be in the right position, the Holy Ghost falling over this building for every one of you to be healed. Go ahead, brother, back 
All right, we're going to start right quick while they're they're lining up there and getting the ushers are getting those people ready. All right. Who has believed our report? Believe it's the truth. Wonderful. How many knows that you've received the healing this week? Let's see your hands. Over the audience anywhere. Look at there, Brother Baxter. I know that's true. How many believe you're going to get a healing tonight from God? Let's see your hands. He'll never turn you down. He can't turn you down. He's one who can't turn you down because he's gone. As far as just the people sitting like this, sitting in here, friends, I look down here at these people. I see one, two, three wheelchairs, four wheelchairs. Now the rest of it, yeah, five. Here's one sitting here. Now you people in the wheelchairs, don't think your case is... Now, what you want to do is just accept your healing, see? Just say, I'm healed now. I'm healed right now. See? And just keep believing it. And if you just only exercise enough faith enough to get up, God will show it to me. And then you get up like that lady did sitting over there the other night. You see that lady sitting there in that wheelchair? All uh, up like that. And I looked over there and I seen her. And I seen she'd been to a doctor and all. And the first thing you know, I see her going walking like that. I said, stand up. It's over. Because God had made her whole. Now, you be in prayer and be reverent while we pray. All right. I believe God's going to answer prayer. I just get everything ready so that I believe it, don't you? I believe there's something going to happen tonight. I'm just looking for it. I just feel it. All right. How do you do, sir? Go to bleed down there now? No. Have faith. You all go to believe along here? Along here and back in here? Go to believe with all your heart. All right, that's fine now. All right, brother. <clears throat> After speaking, it makes me just a little shook up, you know. I, get, I guess that's humanly nervous, you know. Just, it, it just happens that way, I guess. But anyhow, I've got to get myself quietened down to the anointing of that angel of the Lord. Now, I don't mean that that would heal you. That has nothing to do with your healing. Only might make your faith greater, you see, or something like that. Because I presume that you and I are strangers. I don't believe I ever met you. I don't know you. Yes, sir. You, um... You look like you have headaches or something. Somehow, to, isn't that right? Something wrong up in... Let's say it's scientist. I see you set like that, you see. And then... Uh, you have kind of a weak spell come over you, too, don't you? Get real weak. Say you're a minister, too, I see that. You're, you're a minister of the gospel. I see that. you got a heart trouble. You smother. Isn't that right? I see you hold your... Is that true, minister, brother? That's right. Come here just a minute. We are brethren. Our Heavenly Father, I ask for mercy for my dear brother. And I pray that your spirit that's here now will bless my brother, go on him, and heal him, Lord. And may from this night henceforth he'll never be bothered no more. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
God bless you, brother. Go now and go to be well. Let's say praise be to God. Oh, my. Now when I turned around like that, it just feels like a whole solid pull. You've had an operation. And if I'm, see if I'm wrong, didn't I, when I seen you covered, but didn't they remove something from your body, a rib or something like that, or seven ribs from your body? I've seen the surgeon as he turned. One of them was a tall, thin man that done the operating, is that right? He had a, a white thing over his face, he turned his several at the table. One blonde nurse, I see, go back to one side. You've been nervous and weak ever since, haven't you, sister? You've been in sanatorium. Nothing seems to do any good. Was that true? Come here. Dear Heavenly Father, the poor little dying woman comes up close to receive her blessing. I'm thinking, what would you do? Father, you'd lay your hands upon her. You'd rebuke that demon. He'd have to hear you. And now, as thou hast ascended on high and give gifts unto man, and her, she's been prayed for, and her faith, Lord, is trying to believe. But ere she die, Lord, help her. Satan, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as representing him in his vicarious suffering at Calvary, I adjure thee by Jesus Christ to leave the woman. Come out of her. You go for here tonight. Eat what you can. Weigh yourself in a few days and write me your testimony. God bless you. <laughs> Another thing, since you were a child, you haven't seen well your eyes. You move them up the same close to read the temple. And it's easy when you're reading something in the hospital. You keep getting close to your book. Oh, not, not out like you should. Just tell me something I've seen in the vision, which was, let's say praise the Lord. All right, bring the lady. Hey, everyone, just reverend as you can be. I take this other hand and see you. Just touch that hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just, that comes right to my heart. It's kind of like a... That's that cancer. It's alive. And now the scripture says, now being watching you, the cancer is in your throat, isn't it? Is that right? Yes, ma'am. I see where, now, of course you couldn't tell it outwardly, but you, you can hear about the vision. Now isn't it strange that other human will put their hand on there and it doesn't make any difference? And then you walk up here and put your hand on there and there it is, isn't it? Now, then there's something here that's got me anointed that's able to know what's wrong with you. Is that right? What it is on here, did you see that picture of the angel of the Lord that I showed? You've seen it. Now that's what it is now. Yes. The picture that I showed here had that angel's picture above it where I was standing. Now, now there's something wrong with you, see, a cancer. And you lay your hand over here and as soon as we make contact, something jumps. Now what is it? It's a cancer on you and the angel of the Lord here. Now, it's trying to hold you, and God is wanting to heal you. Now, I can't make it go, but your faith in Jesus Christ will make it leave you. See? 
It's a lie. Now, what is a cancer? It's a germ. It's a developing of cells. It's laying in your neck, sapping your blood. Soon it'll have you gone, see? Now, now, in the way of divine healing, if you were the cancer, I just call your life out of you and your body would drop down dead. After a while, it just decay and go away. For the first few days, if it leaves you, you'll feel wonderful. Your throat will feel good. But then it'll get worse than ever. And you'll spit up big pieces and things. And many times people, when they get real sick like that, they say, I've lost my healing. Don't you believe that if it leaves you? You keep on testifying. The man, Jesus told the man, said, Thy son liveth, and the man believed what he said. See? You believe what's told you. Now, if by the Spirit of God I was able to see what your trouble was in your life, and you know that's true. Now, what he says this way will be true too, won't it? If that was true, not knowing, this will be true by knowing. Is that right? Now, I want you to put your hand here again. I want you to watch. Now, I want you to see it isn't position the hand's held in, you see. It's just the same anywhere it's that. See? Now, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Is that right? You come a stranger. I don't know you. You put your hand on mine. Something flashes up. And I'll tell you what it is. There's one witness, isn't it? And you're watching it now. Look at it there. Now, watch it. I want you to get up here close so you can notice. Watch it how it comes and goes. Now, there's dying down. Now, I see it coming. Here it comes again. Now, look at it. See? It's just like waves. And that cancer is excited. The life of the cancer, the life of that germ in there is excited. That's the spirit. Because near here, you and I, stands the thing that can make it be there by your faith. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Because you know you've got cancer. You've been very nervous and upset. I'm not reading your mind, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I won't even have to say it. But now, what I'm trying to do is to get this to leave. Now, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to have the audience to bow their heads. I want you to watch my hand. If it, if it goes away, you're healed. There'll be three witnesses. Is that right? If it stays there, you've still got cancer. Now, remember, I can't make it go. Now, the reason I ask you to, to, to watch, see you're the one who's got the cancer. If it goes out, there'll be a cancer at large. In now, if your faith is all can make it go, and I want you to believe while I pray, and I want you to watch my hand, see if it moves in any way at all, see? And then if that just drops down, the swelling leaves, the vibration off of there leaves, if it comes normal just like this hand, you're healed. If it doesn't, you're not. See? I have nothing to do with it. It's your faith from here out. Will you bow your head on Our Heavenly Father, just in order that the little woman and these ministers sitting here looking at my hand might know that thou art Christ, the Son of God, and know that thy servant is telling that which is true. You said to the prophet Moses, for them two signs they would believe. And these people believe without these signs. They believe them. And now, Father, I ask for mercy for this poor little woman, which we know that cannot live much longer this way. Have mercy upon her and heal her. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask for her healing. Now, before I raise my head or look, it hasn't stopped. It's still running, isn't it, lady? It's just like it was. Now, to the audience, it hasn't stopped. It's still running. I can't make it stop now, sister. Because I guess I want to get exposing that. You're going to get away from the But now, look here. Look at claiming power over you by the sufferings of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
come out of the woman. My friend, I wasn't trying to talk loud to you. I'm not trying to step in your ears. But sometimes those demons get disobedient and you've got to cast them out. If they pull out easily, all right. But you come to the house and you, I told you like you went on, it's all right. But when you have to throw you out, it gets different, you see. And you, you just can't be baby them things around. All right. Praise them. Are you in love with Jesus? Isn't he wonderful? Now, if he was standing right here tonight, wearing my suit, he could do no more for you than what he's doing right now for you. He could know what was wrong. He could tell you what was wrong. But he'd say, the son can do nothing except the father's choice. Is that right? And he said, now these things that I do, shall you. You remember when Nathaniel came to him? Told him? I knew you. You're a Christian, in other words. When did you know me before Philip called you when you were under the tree? I saw you. What did he do? He saw him in a vision. Is that right? Now, here stands a little girl standing before me. I don't believe I know you. Are we strangers, honey? I don't know nothing about you, do I? Nothing at all. And uh, just to say, where are you from? Ontario, Canada. We were born many miles apart, years different. I've never seen you in my life. If there's anything in the world that I could know about you, it certainly have to come through supernatural power. Is that right? You know the girl brother back there? He's from Canada, too. Through Jesus Christ, we can meet on common ground, can't we? That's right. I want you to walk just a little closer. I see you're very afraid. I don't know what's wrong with you. But I just want you to talk to me as I talk to you. I don't want you to be... Now, asthma, isn't it? Asthmatic condition. Say you... You've been examined or hospital or something for that. Isn't that right? I see a doctors around you. Say, I see something different. You in an accident here. Have you been in an accident? You were hurt, wasn't you? In, a, in an, uh, an auto accident. Is that true? Now let's see if I can go back again. It's something about a doctor, wasn't it? Did you hear me talking? That wasn't me. That, that wasn't me. It was in my voice, but I wasn't doing that. Now, whatever talked through me and whatever it said to you, was that the truth? I just, just say, if that's the truth, just raise up your hand. That, that was true. And it wasn't what you were thinking about. You wasn't thinking about those things, was you? So it couldn't be mind reading, could it? It had to go back behind that, didn't it? Things that I guess nobody in this auditorium would know about, unless it was you, see? or unless somebody that's real close to you would know it. Now, I've told you the truth, haven't I? Now, do you believe me as God's prophet? I told the truth. You do what I tell you to do. I'm going to lay my hands upon you, sister dear. I've got a little girl at home, and I know she was sick. Now, in commemoration of what Jesus said, when he died at Calvary, he healed you. And now you're aware that some supernatural being which you believe to be his presence is here now. Is that right? 
I bless thee, my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he take this asthma from you. And may you leave from here tonight to go back to that lovely country to be a well woman and testify of God's grace to you all the days of your life. May he use you and starting an old-fashioned revival in your community by your testimony. For these blessings I place upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you think? You're healed? All right, you all have to walk up our Let us say, praise be to God.